Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Just a day and a half left of 2021. It's been a crazy year. Let's hope we can turn a corner in 2022. Who will be Scottish champions in May? Are Rangers already uncatchable with their six-point end-of-year lead? Or will Celtic use the January transfer window to build a title-winning team? In the last window, they added Hart, Juranovic, Abada, Jota and Kyogo. That was progress. Can they take another step forward in the coming month? Or has the replacement of Steven Gerrard with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst come at just the right time? Kenny Miller, this is your first question. You're not going to have to answer all 12 of those questions in one fell swoop, but this is your one to start the show. Um, has that change of management at Rangers launched the Ibrox team towards a successful Premiership defence? I, th- I said for the outset, I think Rangers will be too strong for Celtic this year. Uh I think since Giovanni's come in, there has been real changes to the, not the style, but I think definitely the shape, as much as it's a 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, whichever you, whatever you want to call it, there has been real differences in the particular the positions of the wider players and their two midfielders, you know, so I think they look a real threat. They do. I think that was something that was, Rangers were a little bit flat towards the end of Stevens' time at the club and Giovanni's come in straight away and, and the I think there's a real energy being brought back to the team. Whether that's a new manager bounce, which a lot of a lot of you hear a, a lot of people talk about when new managers come in, but they're looking really, really good, really strong. Uh, the biggest thing for them is will they strengthen in January and will they lose players? You know that'll be mm. the biggest thing based on some of the performances of their players and and the and the reputations that they're starting to build for themselves. So it'll be interesting to see January if there's anybody coming calling for some of their top players. So when you say you've always thought that, do you mean even when Stephen Gerrard was yeah. in charge that Rangers would do it again yeah. uh, even before the change of manager? I did, yeah, yeah. because I, I still think I mean there were, there were four points clear up until last week. Obviously Celtic's draw there were still four points clear, which is what the point difference was when Stephen left. Uh, and, I, and I did think they weren't at their best, but they were still winning games of football. They were getting the job done. And, and that's what champions do. You know, they, they go away when they're not playing at their best. They still, get the, they still get the job done. They still find a way to get the three points. And they were doing that under Stephen. So I always felt that they would click at some point as mm. well. Uh, it just so happens they have clicked now. And it's been since the new managers came in. And there's been a few, a few changes to the, the roles that players are getting asked to do. Uh, like I said, I, I think the style and everything's pretty is pretty similar. Again, for me, four three three, four two three one. It, you can fl- float in between that and between games, but the, the look a real threat. Ryan Kent in the wide wider areas. If you get him isolated in one v one situations, he's deadly. You know, he can go inside, he can go outside. His step over is electric. So I think having him in that position is is a real threat. Probably better for me. It probably suits him better. And Aribo's been a revelation this year. You know, he's he's, he's the way he can create, he can score, uh, he, he can fill in a number of positions as well, which he has done over his over his career at Rangers so far. So I think, I've always said, I just thought their squad was going to be too strong. When you look at it across the city at Celtic, there's been a lot of chat about strengthening Giants. It's because they need to. Mm. You know, they need to strengthen. You know, and every team needs to strengthen. I suppose there's an argument for that as well. But Celtic do need to strengthen and that's why they'll go and sign three or four players in the summer and that, in, in January, sorry. And that has always been the way since Andrews came in. They've been looking at this transfer window to bring a few in to, to give their squad a bit of a a bit more strength and depth because I think it really lacks that. Whereas you look at Rangers' squad, it's pretty strong. If they do add one or two in January, it becomes even stronger. So I think over the course of it, it'll just be, I think Rangers will be too strong. Obviously, from what you said, um, you thought Rangers were going to improve under Steven Gerrard anyway. You know, I guess a lot of people would look at it and say they needed those tweaks. They needed they needed the change of manager. They needed a, a freshening up exercise because they'd gone a bit stale. 
No, they had went stale. There's no stale. You know what? I'm going to take that back. I don't think they went stale. They just weren't playing at the same levels as what they were last year. When you go through a season, a league season, unbeaten, and you hit the heights that they did, and yeah, lots of well, Celtic weren't great, but listen, that I don't buy into that. You still need to go into every game and win the games, and you need to have the the relentless mindset that you keep going and you keep going even when you've won the league to go and keep that unbeaten run going so their form last year was was outstanding in the one in the one the league and deservedly so this year they came back was there a wee bit of a hangover from winning the league and achieving that that 55 that's been talked about for so long you know was there a little bit of hangover for that I feel there was but there's a lot of situations arising with players potentially going contract situations to key players i.e. Conor Goldson who's been uh, ever present pretty much since he came to the club so there has been another few situations arising which could play into the fact that maybe performances are dropped a little. But in saying that, they were still top of the league. Mm. They still got through in the Europa League. Yep, they had the disappointing game in the, in the semi-final against Hibs, which was really disappointing. Performance was poor, not good enough for the football club to lose at another semi-final and go out to another cup competition. So it's... Uh, but since Giovanni came in, he was in the stand for that game. There has been a real resurgence in the, their performances, their energy... Uh, I think they look a threat for so many different areas now whereas when you say stale or flat I think sometimes if players are not playing at the top of their game there's so many you look into, you go deep so deep into it oh they're looking at Ryan Kent and Stephen Gerrard's relationship and Stephen's brought all these players to the club how are they thinking now that he's left and all that kind of, ultimately the professional players you know you need to turn up you need to do your job uh, and that's something that they were doing by getting the wins and still being at the top of the league four points clear but the performance level was just down on where it was last year. Kenny Miller with Robin Crane on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Feel free to get involved in the football chat. Uh, we're on for an hour, 60 minutes up till uh, six o'clock, he said, doing a quick calculation in his head, uh, having come on here at five. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join in and uh, have a chat. Along with us, nothing much better than talking football, even when there isn't much action to speak of at the moment. It all ground to a halt on Boxing Day. It all resumes again on the 17th of January. Lots of football to be played at that point uh, between then and the end of the season. Uh, looking at how the Premiership stands at the moment, uh, Rangers, of course, with that six-point advantage at the top, do you think they are uncatchable even already or do you expect Celtic to come back at Rangers? Um, I mean, I've listed five players, half a team there, Kenny, at the top of the show who Celtic signed. They had to, obviously. They were they were desperate for uh, players at that stage. But um, sometimes it all goes horribly wrong when you're, when you're too desperate just for signings and clearly some of them, one or two of them, haven't worked out so far. But Hart, Juranovic, Abada, Jota and Kyogo that sounds like a success story to me and yet you're right obviously um, they need to further build that squad but if he has uh, if he has that sort of success in January Ange Postecoglou Celtic could be talking serious title challenge here Listen by no manner of means am I saying Celtic can't win the league I'm not at all uh, they're a very very good team I think going forward they've got some fantastic players and two you mentioned Jota and, and, and Kyogo obviously have been revelations since coming to the country the goals have scored the assists but the performances in general have, have been really really good uh, defensively they have again I, th I think they're sitting here at the moment with the best defensive record in the, in the Premiership so it's a it's, it's just thing when you look at the back line and I've said this for the start of the season I just think that is an area that they will look to strengthen in yeah. when you look at Ralston has been has been excellent for, for them all season Carter Vickers has started to come onto a game who plays alongside him is it Starfelt is it the young lad Welsh again there's been a bit of, a bit of chopping and changing through injury Juranovic who is a right back has been normally played left back they have Greg Taylor in the, in the back up as well for that so it's, it's not a bad team I just when you look at it I just think when you look at Celtic defence of the past it, there's been a real kind of stability back there and I just think that is an area that they would look to strengthen so there's no way I would say that they can't win the league I just when I look at it and I said I said right at the start of the season I felt Rangers would be too strong over the course of the season but if they do strengthen and they get the success that you've touched on there with Kyogo with Jota with Carter Vickers and guys can come in and impact the team mm. the way these guys have impacted the team then they're only going to improve so that but six points a long way back you know Rangers don't look like losing too many games Touching wood there, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, <laughs> but but Celtic don't either, you know. But it's, it's been the little draws over the course of the last couple of months that I've just kind of maintained and stretched that gap a little bit. So that'll be something that is they now need to rely on Rangers slipping up, which, like I said, they don't look like they look really strong. They look 
really comfortable in the instance Giovanni's came in dangerous no conceding as many goals either so as I said I'll go back to it I just think they'll be too strong over the course of the season Another big boost for Celtic on top of um, what they can potentially do in the transfer window is Chris Julian is back it sounds as if he's going to be ready now to get back into full training with everybody else so come three weeks time he might just be ready to go back into that that defence. Obviously, he's going to need games because he was injured a year ago. That's been a, a hell of a long time he's been out. And and I guess one of the dangers is that when when you're out, when when you're missing for a while, and Celtic have been missing um, a solid defence at times, you would say, um, maybe sometimes you become a better player than you actually seriously were <laughs> before you were injured. But but Celtic fans will be excited about getting him back. He will be. He will be like a new signing coming back. And he's missed a lot of football. Uh, him coming back into that back line alongside Carter Vickers, all of a sudden it does look a little bit stronger. Mm. Well, a lot stronger actually. And he's got opinion. presence, hasn't he? Absolutely, he's got presence, he's got size. He now he understands what it takes to play at the football club as well. He's won trophies at the football club. So he's uh, he'll be a big, big boost for them coming back. And like I said, he will make, if you can get that back line there, if it's Ralston, if it's Carter Vickers, if it's Julian, and if it's Juranovic, a left back, then all of a sudden it does look, and I know that's three to four, but I think the presence of him coming back into that team does really improve Celtic. So it's, it'll be interesting to see when he comes back, if he goes straight back in, because Celtic are in, I mean, they're in decent form. You know, as much as it's probably an area that they would look to strengthen, they have still been winning games. They have had these two kind of performances against, uh, that, they've, that they've drew games and dropped points. But it's still a long way back. You know, like I said, there's six points. He'll be like a new signing, Julian. And I'm no doubt there will be new new signings coming into Celtic. Whether it be three or four new signings, and if they can if they can get two of them right and impact the team the mm. way that some of the other signings have, then they're going to be a far stronger squad again. Because the lads, if they come in and take players places, the bench becomes stronger, which means the squad becomes stronger, and they're going to have a, a better opportunity to sustain a challenge. These Japanese signings, and there are a trio of them. They've been spoken about for quite a while. Nobody's really shot them down, which makes you think they are going to happen. I mean, it's, it does sound as if. Uh, Daizen uh, Maeda um, is coming. The, it's going to be a loan agreement initially from Yokohama. That's Sanjay Postecoglou's old team in the J League. Um, it's going to be a loan for the rest of the season with an option to buy it. The figure that's been mentioned is 1.7 million. The other two uh, Japanese-based players, Hatate, Idaguchi, uh, both being uh, spoken about as well. And it's an obvious market for him to plunder. It's one he knows. These guys would only have to have a fraction of the success that Kyogo's had to work very well. They would. Uh, and it's not any surprise that he's dipping into a market he knows with players that he knows. I mean, most managers, you do look at, there is, if you go back to any manager signings, there is relationships already, existing relationships there. Guys that they know, that they know what they're going to do, they know their strengths, they know their weaknesses, they know their character. What it does is it limits the margin for error because when you're rec recruitment's the biggest part, and mm. uh, for a manager, you can I mean you can lose your job on recruitment. You know if you get it wrong in your signings, and there could be constant scrutiny of the players you've brought in that are not successful. So what you want to do is minimise that window, uh, that margin for error. And, and what you do is when you sign players, it's not about just abilities; it's about their characters. You know, it's about the, the person who's coming into your dressing room. If you know that guy's going to be a positive effect on people, he's going to come in. He's he's not. He's not coming in as one of these kind of bad eggs and you can know that. You know exactly what you're bringing into your dressing room. Then that's, that's, it takes away so much of the the chat that needs to be had when surrounding recruitment at any level. Every every manager's office over the, over the last kind of couple of months has probably been talking about how can we strengthen, where do we need to strengthen. Right, okay, we need to find out what he's like. We need to find out, well, when you're signing a player, you know it takes that out of the equation. So it's no surprise to see him dipping back into that, particularly after the Ceci Kyogo, because what it does is as well, the fact that Kyogo's been successful, there'll not be many people who question it now. Whereas I don't think you go and get three and four players maybe for an eight, a, a team is maybe the answer, particularly bringing them over here because everyone's different. They might not hit the ground running the way Kyogo is, but the fact that Kyogo's had the, the scintillating start that he's had what it'll do is it'll make it far easier for Ange to go and bring mm -hmm. another one or two into, the, into, the, into Celtic with the success that Kyogo's had. Is it going to be difficult to hold on to him, I wonder? Because, I mean, it's it's been spectacular, really, when you think about it. 16 goals, um, his strike rate's incredible because he's actually missed quite a few games. He came back to, to score the two goals that won the League Cup uh, for Celtic. He's picked up another injury since he, he played again, but sounds like it's not going to be too too bad and he'll be available uh, come the middle of, of January. I mean, is he the sort of player who could do well in, in the English Premier League? He's a player that will do well anywhere he goes. 
because his, his enthusiasm, his work ethic, his energy for a player that plays the way Celtic play is a constant threat to any backline. I mean, he's, un, he's, he's just always, always on the move. He's always threatening to go in behind, which it stretches the game for Celtic, which when you've got players like McGregor's, Rogic's, uh, David Turnbull's who are playing in these wee pockets in behind midfield, by him constantly stretching the game, it just makes that gap a little bit bigger and harder for those players to defend. So, you know, I've watched him a lot, uh, Kyogo, and he makes so many runs. I know it's still kind of cliche, oh, you make nine runs, but you might not get it as a striker, but you might get the next one. Well, that's him. Because he makes so many forward movements and doesn't get it. But what it doesn't dishearten him. He comes back, he gets on side again and he goes again and he goes again. And what it does, it eventually might get one. You know, like the two goals in, mm. in, in the cup final. Yeah. Threatens in behind. It's a, just a, it's a hopeful ball. I mean, for Hibs, it was a terrible defending. You know, and they'll mm. look back at that and they'll think, the two goals are lost. One, they've just scored. And then they concede for a, a ball straight over the top because Yogo goes through. And then a quick free kick when you switch off when you know it's a feature of Celtic's game. Mm -hmm. And it's a feature of Celtic's game, not just because it's a hand-on and play and get the ball moving again because that's what they want. It's a, it's a threat because they've got Kyogo who's making constant runs in behind and looking for it. And again, fair play, I think it was Rogic that played the pass who again, who's having a wonderful season, mm -hmm. finds him and, and, the, and the rest history, you know, he wins the cup for his team by making two runs forward. He's probably up there on his own against three or four defenders but it led to two goals. So you absolutely could go down to England and, and be a real success Again, it'll be another one. I doubt it'll happen in January, but if he goes and gets where he's well on the way and now he'll go and get 30 goals this mm -hmm. season as long as he stays fit, uh, it might be one that teams might have a look at that and think, you know what, he's, he's one that could do us a job. Yeah, the Celtic fans will be screaming at the radio at the moment um, because they don't want him to go anywhere, but that's the inevitability of, of success uh, in Scottish football. Um, sooner or later, you might just outgrow it and there will be interest and there might just be a price uh, at which Celtic would have to say yes. But that's all further down the line. I'm sure he's going to be here for the season. Kyogo, is he going to be a part of a title-winning Celtic team? What do you reckon at 808 17, 17 700? I have a little fancy that Kyogo might be in your team of the season, which you're, I'm not obviously trying to uh, tell you anything at this stage, but I have a wee feeling he could he could be in your team of the season, which you're going, you're going to scribble on the back of a fag packet yeah. between now. He'll definitely and, be on the bench. And, <laughs> he's on the bench. He's yeah. in the squad. Um, but I, I, I feel also fairly sure that uh, goalkeeper won't be taking up too much of your brain time. Yep, that's right. He's been absolutely sensational this season, Alan McGregor. <laughs> yeah, well, he has, Alan. Listen, Alan has been great. No, I but, thought you were going to go for uh, Joe Hart. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to go for Craig Gordon yeah. and go for and, and the team of the year. I mean, he's been. He's been outstanding again. I mean, I think he's 39 or just about to turn. He's 39, 39 tomorrow. 39 tomorrow. Yeah. Well, there you go. He's, uh, but he's, he's right at the top of his game, you know. And he's, he's a big, big reason why why Hearts are where they are at the moment. Mm. Uh, and if he maintains that, he's, he's, you know, I've always said Craig Gordon is a world class goalkeeper. Like, there's no getting away for that. He's been outstanding since for the minute he came into Hearts team. You know, he's got a presence about him. He's there is a calmness about his play. Uh, nor like your normal goalkeeper he is quite sensible and he's got a, a decent head on his shoulders mm -hmm. uh, but he's he's had his injuries he's obviously he's had his setbacks over the course of his career and I think it makes it all the more impressive now to see where he's at back at Scotland's number one uh, obviously had his spell at Celtic which he had a, a really successful spell there and now back where he started at Hearts and performing right at the top level when you like say turning 39 tomorrow so he's had a wonderful season so far there's no doubt he would again there's Joe Hart's been great. Alan McGregor's been his, his usual self as well. But Xander Clark, Gordon, Liam Xander Kelly. Clark, Liam Kelly, you know, we've got say, in, in, in the country, we've got so many. Joe Lewis, again, you mm -hmm. go, we've got so many good goalkeepers in, in our country at the moment. But it, it, actually, that tells you how good he's actually been because he's right, he's at the top of that at the moment. You wouldn't really think, consider anyone else, would you, for goalkeeper in team of the season so far? You know, not seriously. To... I see Grist as well, you know. Yeah. We've got so many good yeah. goalkeepers, you know, but I just think he's at the moment, he's. I mean, how many points has he won Hearts? Well, well that's, that's where I was going with it. I think if you look at the points that he's probably put on, on the board for Hearts, that's something that Alan McGregor's done over a number of years, done over his whole career. Mm. You know, Joe Hart will be the same. Joe Lewis Aberdeen, again, he played his, his obviously his part in, in the success that they've had over the last kind of eight, nine years. So it's, uh, but no, Craig Gordon is right at the top of his game at the moment. He's in the big thing, big saves, big moments. They earn points in, in games for Hearts. And as I said, that's, he's a big, big part of the reason why they're, why they're, third on the table at the moment I see there's some chat Kenny at the moment um, about English interest potentially yep. in the English Championship and Craig Gordon you can understand why because um, if, you, if, if you work on the basis that age is only a number uh, and I've heard other people I've heard like Michael Stewart speaking about him and, and others say, saying that actually he's he's possibly 
as agile, if not more agile now at 39 than he's ever been in his career, which which seems incredible when, when you think about the miles on the clock. But So you can understand the interest, but it's hard to think, isn't it, that he would finish his career anywhere other than at heart? You just or, never know. Or not? No, I, I just don't know. You know, I'm surprised he's in the last six months of his contract or mm. coming into the last mm. six months of his contract. I mean, I'm sure that's something that Hearts will be looking at right now. I know the age, but they see him every day. They know how he works, they know how he prepares, they know how he looks after the cell, they know how well he's performing, that's there for all to see. I'm just surprised that he's got to that stage because what it allows is, is you just don't know, like I know there was a few years back, was it Chelsea had came in for Craig maybe to go down there as mm -hmm. like one of, their, one of yeah. their goalkeepers because they had a few injuries. You just never know when one of these big teams are thinking, right, we need a, a really, really capable number two. And even that, I know, will, that's, will that be something that Craig would look at? I think it would really depend on the team. If it was a chance to go to one of these massive teams, or maybe top four, top six in the English Premiership, mm -hmm. to go and then compete and, and be part of a squad that's, that's yeah. trying to achieve things, you just never know. you know. But like you say, he's went back to Hearts and I think the majority would think, right, he's coming home, he's going to finish off his career, he'll, he'll play in his 40, I've, I've no doubt about it, uh, the, with the level of his performance at the moment. But the fact that he's now got six months left and there is potential suitors, it would be interesting to see how it does move forward if one of these suitors comes and it's a big name. Potential suitors, I like what you did there because we'll probably be speaking about him <laughs> in the course of the show yeah. as well. John Suter, much sought after at the moment at uh, Hearts. So we have uh, one place taken in uh, Kenny's team of the season so far. Just the 10 to go. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go, go. Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre on a Thursday. It is Thursday, isn't it, Kenny? Sure it is, yep. Yeah, good sure confirmation is. of that. It's the 30th of December. It's the day before Craig Gordon's birthday. He's in Kenny's team, not surprisingly. I think he's in everybody's team. Well, not everybody's team, because I did see a, a newspaper selection the other day of Team of the Season so far where he wasn't even mentioned. Uh, that, was a little, that was a little bit strange. But I think for most, uh, he's been incredible. And I don't think Hearts would be where they are, which is kind of five points clear in third place behind Rangers and Celtic. Uh, had it not been for his incredible goalkeeping. So uh, we've got uh, the rest of Kenny's selection to, to get through in the next, what, 35 minutes. Kenny Miller, Rob McLean, and we have Gordon with us, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Gordon. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Yourself? Aye, not bad, mate. Not bad. Did you have a good Christmas? I did, aye. It was a bit, a bit more quiet than usual the family isolating and that so right. but it was it was actually it was good to get a bit of a rest because I've done in my book because I've got five wins so oof, uh, oof. <laughs> I know it was, it was a dear year for Santa but um, I no it was good to get a, a wee bit more relaxing and that so I, it was good what's your what's the age range of your famous five uh, so they go for my wee boys three up until my eldest is ten oof that sounds like <laughs> uh, that sounds like serious pressure Kenny to me trenches in the trenches, <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so what are you thinking about the football, Gordon? No, I was obviously I kind of wish the, the game was on last night and we had Sunday to look forward to, but obviously, mm. circumstances are how they are, and such like it's understandable. Me, myself, I'd like to have seen it played, but obviously, it's kind of out, out of our control. However, um, it does give us a chance to um, kind of look at what we can bring in January. Um, Hopefully we've got all our players available for selection uh, by the time we're looking at back playing. I know uh, the likes of Aribo and that will be, be at AFCON. But just looking at who we could bring in, there's a lot of speculation on uh, kind of different players and that. But it would be good to see, I think, uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst bringing in his type of player. Mm -hmm. We've seen what kind of player Steven Gerrard would go for. He would like to get into either like the Championship in England or even maybe the kind of fringe players, the uh, Premier League teams, etc. And go for that. But... Van Bronckhorst might have something completely different up his sleeve, all different contacts and that. So I'm quite excited to see um, what kind of players he'll bring in, if he'll bring in any experience or if it'll be kind of projects to, to build up on. I'm, I'm excited just to see going forward. Um, one name that I was kind of hoping for, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if it's a done deal with Blackburn, but I'd like to have seen John Suter coming in um, because I'm not sure if Conor Goldson's going to sign this contract I mean you know yourself I've been on talking about this about six months ago yeah. um, and it's still kind of ongoing but 
I'm just kind of looking forward to, to seeing who Gio brings in. As I said, he's got a, he, he might have a totally different set of contacts and stuff like that. And um, I just think he'll have a few kind of Dutch players who will maybe resign yeah. on him. Maybe, maybe bigger contacts now. As I say, I don't, you, you've just seen the link um, in the, the media and the papers. I think it's a bit pie in the sky, but I'd like to see it happen. That Javis, is it Simons? I don't know how you pronounce his second name, the young boy for PSG. Yeah, Simons, um, I think it is, yeah. Aye, that's what I, I kind of thought. That I was not what to be true. I was not what to be true. But I'm, I'm chanting my arm as well, to be honest. <laughs> 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 if you say it convincingly yeah. enough, sometimes people believe it. Um, th- aye, this, people this, believe this, was your, this was your manager just speaking the other day, Boxing Day after the match, after the win against St Mirren, um, about the transfer window. Well, we always anticipate. You know, that's the most important thing. If it eventually it will be... Uh, a busy transfer window. I don't know yet, but uh, you know we are uh, we are well prepared, and we have to wait and see what um, what the transfer window will bring for us. I think that's Dutch for non-committal, Kenny. To be honest, from 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 Giovanni, but there's no doubt that as Gordon was saying there, you know he he's going to have lots of potential targets if he has to press the go button. Um, you know whether he will or not might might depend on anybody going out. How do you view it from a Rangers point of view? I think whether or not anybody leaves, I still think Giovanni will be looking to bring in a player or two to just to freshen things up a little bit. Like Gordon says, it might be players that are maybe more suited to play his way, despite the team actually playing really really well and looking like they're taking on his message and instructions really well. Uh, but they're right I think there's no doubt there'll maybe be a Dutch name or two getting thrown into the equation over the over the coming weeks yeah. but again I agree with Gordon as well John Suter could be a, a real sign by for Rangers or Celtic you know yeah. like, it's one where he's six months to go on his contract what is it going to cost I think and you're looking at value for money there'll not be many better than, than that definitely in our game uh, but even if you if you're scouring Europe, that's to have someone the latter player who's one of his team's best players, been six months to go on his contract, there'll not be much better value for money, I think, than, than a John Suter. And I think there is scope again for him to go again. You yeah. know, so in terms of resale value and, and the kind of the model that most teams look for now to bring players in on the cheap and then move the, bring them in again and give them the platform at Rangers or Celtic for yeah. that matter to go and play be successful, play European football. Again, he's an international centre-back now as well. To get someone like that with six months of their contract, they're, yeah. they're few and far between. My doubt about John Suter when, when we first floated it on this show, the prospect of him joining Rangers or Celtic, was money, was wages, was the fact that you know he's missed quite a chunk of his career already. He'll want this deal to be right financially for him. And I just wondered, even Championship in England would be able to, to outspend Rangers and Celtic in terms of what they could offer. But, but Craig Moore on this show was saying, well, the money's not the the money that was in the English Championship maybe isn't to the extent that it used to be, and maybe that gives Rangers or Celtic a better chance of landing him this time. It depends what team it is, you know, because the, the 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 wage range for top to bottom of the Championship mm-hmm. is is uh, uh, the disparity will be incredible. You know, some team you see full on what they've been spending on some of the players. Mm-hmm. Again, you hear. What, what they're spending on wages on, on certain players and then you look at teams that are at the, kind of, like the bottom end of the table albeit he probably won't be looking to go to a bottom end table championship team but I just think the fact that he's, he's going to be again whatever the transfer fee Hearts would look for in January I don't know but they've got to be realistic because he's got he's leaving for nothing in six months yeah. he could sign a pre-contract now and, and leave and, and be leaving for nothing so how will that affect him in the second half of the season as well so I think the They'll have a valuation, I think, of what John Suter would be now if he if he did have years on his contract. And the fact that you're going to be getting that um, for a fraction of that, it maybe allows you to boost his wages up, which maybe allows you to compete a little bit closer to where uh, maybe higher-end championship teams are. But there's no doubt John Suter coming to a Rangers or going to a Celtic, the profile goes up. The opportunity to show how good you are playing at a different level, i.e. European football, I think it gives you a better chance of playing for Scotland, to be honest with you as well. Yeah. So... That that all all that comes in with joining the old firm. You know, I think he'd be a fantastic signing for either based either based on the value for money that he'll bring. And I still think if he has eighteen months, two years, really successful at one of these clubs, there's still opportunities you could sell him on down the road. Chavi Simons um, is is the guy we're talking about. Gordon here um, at PSG. He's eighteen. He's uh, he, he's obviously some some prospect, and and it does sound. Uh, from the noises that we're getting, that Rangers are, are leading the chase to to land him at the moment. So, so that, I mean that that is quite an exciting prospect if that comes to fruition. Oh, I definitely. But um, I, I I was reading a bit on uh, 
but I think he was kind of considered to be one of the best younger, young uh, wonder kids in Europe mm-hmm. um, just not that long ago. So I, I remember when I seen the story came out, I think about two months ago, when the interest had kind of started, and I thought there's absolutely no chance that it's happening. Um, but then obviously, kind of, as speculation um, kind of picks up, it's got to come from somewhere. But then I, I kind of had a, a wee half open it, obviously, when being Dutch and Gio being the manager, but it's his agent that kind of gives me the, the jubby bit. Um, that is it, Mino Rio. I think he's kind of yeah. he's world famous for just writing kids after just means um, the fees he takes on alone. So, right. but if you can get rid about that, that's a massive, massive, massive cut for us. And that's a, that's a boy that could go for quite a lot of money. And as we've seen over the kind of past few years. Rangers and Celtic are really kind of walkovers when it comes to transfer fees now. When you've had just like Tierney's at 25 million, even Dembele, I think, is at 19 million to Leon and stuff like that. And us turning down the kind of 16 million pound bids and that for Morelos, it's we, we can start asking for that kind of money now and not let people walk over us. So you've got to kind of look at bringing an experience to make sure you get the job done, but also kind of building for the future. And I think um, Gerard done quite well at that. And I think that's kind of Van Bronckhorst's kind of way in how he started doing it at Feyenoord and stuff like that obviously had his experienced players and stuff like that so um, but I've got a lot of trust in him I think he's I think he'll do well and as the boys were saying about John Sutter he's always had that kind of potential on him but obviously injuries have kind of held him back but you've seen that bit of confidence even after the Scotland game yeah. um, when he scored that the confidence and how good he was against us I know we won 2 nothing, but um, how good he was against us he's went up a level and with that kind of confidence it shows he's probably another couple of levels to go so and as Kenny says we, we get Glenn Kamara for 50 grand yep. um, which was a, an absolute steal and know that you're going to get John Sutter for that Hearts are never going to let that happen nobody Nielsen says that but got to be realistic he's not that much left in his contract exactly. either goes for some exactly. sort of fee and it goes for nothing so and he's he's obviously spent a bit of time in the gym because he, he really has strengthened up and uh, nobody's nobody's pushing him around as he showed, uh, particularly in that Scotland-Denmark uh, game. Kenny's very confident, has been really since pre-Giovanni uh, van Bronckhorst that the Rangers were going to defend this title this season. Uh, do you feel the same way and, and maybe has your confidence even grown in the last month or two with this great run of results uh, for the Dutchman uh, seven straight wins in the league six clean sheets Gordon I 100% that will uh, at the start of the season I was confident that we'd um, we'd run away with it um, because uh, obviously Celtic looking through that transition but they've shown themselves Celtic we're bringing in they've had Kyogo who's hit the ground they've got Jota obviously it's hit the ground they're really keeping up the pace with so far and we're six points in front but um, and I started taking a doubt when results started taking a go waywards um, just before Gerard left. But as I said to you when I came on the show, um, just I think the day before uh, Gerard left, and I said it was a lot of nonsense. Um, make it a, made a feel like me that. But yeah. <laughs> um, it, uh, I think um, under Gio, if he came in, I don't think Andy expected us to actually kind of upgrade the manager. Not, not, to, not to be um, kind of disrespectful to Gerard, but I really feel as a team of rejuvenated, even look at Morelos, the hunger, the desire, the passion. He's he's, he's actually got to sell into the gym, he's trimmed weight and he's, he just looks so hungry and all the players do now. And that's what I'm saying, if he brings in his own greedy players and who he thinks can do the job for him and his style. I mean, this is him doing a job with players that wasn't signed by him. So I'm excited to see what he can do with a team of players that he's wanted to bring in himself but I am I'm very confident that we'll get the job done this year and I think it's very very important to especially with this Champions League money um, that's it that's the prize as much as I like titles the prize it's that prize money at the end of the season because that can that can boost one team either way even at old firm level Kenny that's game changing isn't it 35-40 million bonanza for going straight into the Champions League it's huge you know and that's the and that's the carrot there to go and win the league this year if, if there wasn't already one you know the the financial gain for that competition is just is through the roof and for clubs like in Scotland even, even Rangers and Celtic it's absolutely massive mm. you know it's massive what it what it could mean to both clubs is in terms of recruitment uh, again in terms of Rangers situation you've all seen their, their, their kind of financial situation as well it'll definitely help kind of balance the books on that side as well so it's uh, it's massive and you know what I said I think Rangers over the course of the season I fancied them all, all along uh, you've got the you've got the champion you know see getting Champions League football back 
as well to Ibrox. You know, that's something mm. that's been missing now for 11, 12 years. You know, so getting those nights back, yep, the financial gain is, is great and everything that comes along with it, but just having that kudos again, they've been back in the Champions League. It's, it's where Rangers and Celtic, for that matter, they, they're, they're big enough clubs, they should be in that. And both had chances this year and both fell short, you know, so getting the opportunity to get straight in. Winning the league is absolute paramount for both getting straight into the Champions League but also the financial gain. Great for the profile of Scottish football as well with the national team on a revival as well. It will be good to have uh, the Scottish champions back in the Champions League which you'd imagine is where they belong. Gordon, thanks for your call and have a good new year when it comes around. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Taylor. Thanks. All yeah. the best. That's Gordon. Uh, very happy uh, with Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Very optimistic as well about what happens next once we come out of this winter break. Feeling withdrawal symptoms already myself. Kenny, of course, you're still you're in action with, uh, with Falkirk. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that before we're finished. But before the break, I just want to get your defence sorted here. Uh, your case for the defence. Uh, in front of Craig Gordon are you going with a three or a four? I'm going with a four uh, I've kind of mixed it up a little bit I mean I'm, I don't want to just go for the, some obvious contenders as well and I've changed my mind Rob since the last <laughs> break as well because I just thought of someone who I okay. think has been outstanding so my back four is going to be Ralston at right mm-hmm. back it's going to be John Suter obviously we've talked him up this 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 programme here so he makes in at right centre back I'm going for I was Paul Hanlon Oof. at left centre back because I think he's been I think he's been outstanding and the, the games that I've seen him this year uh, again none more so and even in the final by the way in the yeah. final against Celtic I thought he was outstanding as well he was in the semi-final as well but when you watch him he's as re- reliable as they come you know he's positioning he's understanding he's reading into the game and he's done it for he's done it for 12-15 years now you know yeah. he's he gets in and I did have Charlie Mulgrew in again to try and mix it up a little bit I think he's had a really good season since he's came back brilliant signing for Thomas Courts bringing him his experience back to back to Scotland with Dundee United Again, Hanlon's teammate Portis has been really good as well. Uh, Carter Vickers potentially could get in there as well, but I'm just trying to no, just fill it up with old firm players. And at the back, I'm going to. I know Calvin Bass has been playing centre back, but I'm toiling to actually find a left back. So he's a left back, and I think his performances since he's came into the team under Giovanni have been have been excellent. They've really formed a no bad partnership in there with, with Connor Goldson as a centre back. But he's a left back betrayed, and you can still see him getting forward for these centre back positions as well. So. Strong back four for me. Again, Hanlon gives you balance on that side. Bassey left-sided, Suter and Ralston on the right side. That's not a bad back four. Did you think about Juranovic? I did think about Juranovic. And, a, and a, well, one of the sides, because I think he's been another one of the real positive signings for Celtic in terms of the recruitment in the summer. Uh, but again, when you're, I've already, when I get further forward, there's another couple of Celtic players in the team as well. So I don't just want to fill it up with, a, with the same team. Uh, well, well, you've gone for Paul Hanlon, which I guess probably for a lot of people will be an eyebrow raiser. Yep. You've justified the inclusion. Um, I mean, Craig Moore picked his uh, alongside me Tuesday, uh, which I'm trying to remember what it was exactly. Tony Rawson was certainly in it, and and it, he is just such a great story all by himself. Uh, my, I guess the eyebrow raiser maybe in my team would, well, would definitely be Ross McCrory um, at Aberdeen, yep. who I think probably has been Aberdeen's most apart from Scott Brown, been Aberdeen's most consistent player. He's been in a senior Scotland squad before. He was upgraded from the 21s. Um, for me, he's not that far behind John Suter. Um, yeah, I but, think he's still got a way to go. I still think he's got a way to go before if you're putting him in the same breath. As Ross has always had the potential to go on and play. Obviously, he's played a lot of games for Rangers as well. He's now found a home up in Aberdeen where he's, he's getting more regular games. Again, Ross's problem was always where do you, where do you play Ross? You know, is he, is he a right back? Is he a right centre mm. back? Is he a centre mid where he played a lot for Rangers as well in that holding centre mid role? For me, right centre back is probably, is probably where he needs to be. Uh, so, yeah, listen, I think in time he could definitely maybe force himself into the same kind of chat as, as guys in terms of team of the year. But I think John's a little bit further in his, in his progress and his development as a player OK you've slapped me down yep. and uh, we will go on to midfield and strikers and talk about a whole lot more between now and six The Go Radio Football Show with the taxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you Let's go, go. Good to have you with us on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre, Rob McLean and Kenny Miller with you for another 15 minutes, which will allow Kenny time to scribble a few changes to his team. Um, I've just been hearing constant scribbling on the other side of the studio. Uh, as I'm he's made... listening to you, Rob. I'm just scribbling my team. 
not listening to me is a good plan, it would have to be said. Um, how are you getting on at Falkirk? Let's uh, let's get that in before we go, because obviously um, you're working alongside Martin Rennie, who you played, who you were with at Vancouver when he was the manager over there. Uh, now together at Falkirk, uh, five defeats on the bounce. You can only claim credit for one of them. Yep. Um, is it a tough job? As I think every every job when you come in, you probably nine times out of ten a manager stepping into a role where a team's been underperforming and not doing so well. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge that that, that we're both up for. Uh, I think the club is in a position that it shouldn't be in, you know. And there's a lot of really really good footballers in that Falkirk dressing room. So it's it's up to us to get the best out of them, uh, improve results clearly, performances. And, uh, and start winning games of football again. So the only way you're going to start like turning the corner is by putting wins on the board. And we want to do it a certain way. You know, the manager's very, very clear about how he wants to play and uh, and the principles that he wants to embed in his in his squad. And the boys have been excellent. You know, right for the start that they've bought in it, their their energy, their commitment to the sessions, uh, and actually trying to carry out the instruction. The manager's been great. You know, and there was so many positive stuff for the game at the weekend. And you know, and it was a ultimately end up in another defeat which was really disappointing when you look back at the, the way we played and, and how much territory we had and opportunities we had we had a couple of good opportunities to go 2-0 up just after we scored and sometimes these big moments can can decide games you know and, and we lost a penalty which was soft but it was, might have been a bit soft as well and then it was a really really poor goal to lose which which, which cost us the game so it was uh, we never deserved to lose it there's no doubt but saying that it's another loss like you say so we need to halt that halt that Ronnie losses pretty quickly hopefully starting at the weekend let's talk to John who's a Celtic fan hi John hi panel how are we we're well thanks are we well Kenny I'm speaking on your behalf as yes, well yes I'm great yeah all well and yourself in good shape great, John yeah, well, yeah. great as can be I'm just recovering from coronavirus uh, oh. but um, I'm absolutely absolutely fine uh, right. just uh, thankfully treble boosted and stuff like that so right. all good when when are you out and about again? If indeed out and about is a phrase anymore. <laughs> um, I'm out. I'm out to, uh, tomorrow, so right. I'm okay. actually uh, ten days is up tomorrow. Thankfully, um, good. So yeah, just, good. Uh, been watching Christmas films and stuff like that. It's been, <laughs> it's been a good time, but yeah. um, I wish the football was on to keep me occupied. I know. So, I know. Then uh, we're all we're uh, all in that boat. Yeah. What what are you thinking about your team? What are you thinking about Celtic and the second half of the season? Are you? Are you feeling optimistic? You'll be very interested in what's going to happen in the transfer window. Do you know? I, I was, I was, I was thinking about Celtic um, and their transfer business. I, I think this was see their major break for Celtic. To be honest, this will, um, this will ensure. I mean, we've got the kind of thankful resolve that the league's been delayed, but having a good transfer window will hopefully ensure that we've got the correct rotation. Um, I, I mean, how, how important is? you know, player rotation going towards the second half of the season. Kenny? Well, I think the fact that Celtic have had so many injuries is because maybe they've been so reliant on a on a smaller group of players, you know. So when you get a, a few numbers in the building that gives you that, we talked about before earlier mm. already, having a bit more strength and depth, it means come to certain games, there can be opportunities to rest, like say Kyogos or Yotas or Rogic's again, who has... They have had history injuries. James Forrest as well has been coming back in. Mikey Johnson. They've all kind of had these kind of checkered injury problems in, in the past, mm. you know. So it's uh and, it can, and it's something it, to do with the demands being made on them. That the style of football well, that Ange Postecoglou so, wants to play as well. Well, listen, we keep hearing that. You know, we keep hearing about that, and you know, and you're not having that, are you? Yeah, no, listen, it's you play it. Sometimes again, when you go and you can't expect too many changes to but I don't I don't think these players are getting asked to do any more than what, what previous Celtic teams have done or and these guys have been in, in football. The thing is that the, the one I said it's younger players as well. So when you're asking a Jota to come in who's maybe not had a, a a fifty game season before mm. or and when you but Celtic or Rangers when you're fighting on all fronts, you know, you've got you want to win the Scottish Cup, you want to win the League Cup, you want to win the league, you want to progress in Europe you are looking at 50 plus games, you know, so it takes a certain bit of experience of being robust enough to actually deal with that kind of schedule, you know, younger players will not have experienced it, you know, or even players coming from different leagues might not have experienced that intensity fixtures. So, and again, that's been another thing that's been a lot that Angie's been saying about this, particularly this Christmas schedule, you know, so having a bigger squad, a stronger squad, it gives you the opportunity to kind of manage loads a little bit better and it's something that probably Celtic have no had up until now so if they can go and get the, the three, four players five players I don't know what how many they'll come in it'll definitely ease the load on the likes of the players and it'll give Ange an opportunity to look at certain games and think right okay 
we can leave him it might be a 20 minutes at the end of the game rather than the 70 or the 80 at the start so no doubt it will give them a better opportunity to go and like you've said at the start of the show Rob go and have a a sustained title challenge mm. and you do look at John at, at the success of the, the last transfer window don't you I mean the, I mean, I listed them at the top of the show Hart Juranovic uh, I mean you could include others as well but certainly Hart Juranovic Abada Jota and Kyogo that's that's half a team uh, and you're pretty happy with all of those aren't you? So far the, the guys that Anne just brought in have been brilliant for us um, in the main uh, it, you know it's been it's been really positive Um Looking forward, obviously, to the second half of the, the season to obviously see how um, these guys these guys do throughout the course of a season. But um, I, I was going to ask Kenny, um, mm-hmm. see in regards to uh, recovery, and obviously the winter breaks just you know kicked off now. What tends to happen with players at this moment in time? How how do they recover? Do a lot go abroad, etc.? Do some stay here and get the kind of physio work done? What, what tends to happen? I think if, if if you were all fit and, and ready to go and you had no kind of existing little niggles or problems, best best recovery would be to go and get away and maybe go on a four, five, six days away and get some sun on your back, enjoy, relax, get ready to go again because as much as it's a three-week break, sometimes it's three, just three and a half-week break, you probably only get maybe maximum a week off. So you've, you'll go away and if you just want to kind of rest up and recover. If you've got any little niggles, then absolutely, I'm sure the the medical teams and all clubs will be in and, and be working hard to get you over these little issues that you've got. But yeah, I think if you're if you're fit and able and, and you've been playing a lot of football and you've came out the, the first half of the season feeling pretty good, then absolutely get yourself away, rest up, recover, enjoy it and get ready to come back to go to work. Just looking at Tony Ralston on the TV screen in the studio, Mark Wilson's doing a, an interview with him at the moment on, uh, on Sky Sports News, Celtics fullbacks past and present. What a story, uh, what a story, story Tony Ralston is. Who would be your, uh, before you go, uh, John, your player of the season so far? My player of the season is Kyogo. Yeah. I, I just, you know, so far, I think the first game he played against Dundee, you just looked at his intensity, his work rate, his passion, and I, I was inspired by him. I think every Celtic fan was just given that lift that Kyogo um, had. I think his work rate has been tremendous. I think his finishing has been on point. Um, he's a tremendous player to have in the team. Um, and, you know, I think we're hoping for, for a little bit more uh, when it comes back uh, fully, re- fully recovered. John, good to hear from you and have a happy new year when it comes around. Happy New Year, guys, when it comes. All right, all the best. Stay Cheers. healthy, stay safe, all the best. Cheers, John. Uh, Kyogo, player of the season so far for him. Uh, right, where are we? We've got Craig Gordon and goals. We've got Ralston, Suter, Hanlon, Bassey. he said, with a note of surprise in his voice, and Bassi, that's your back four. Uh, yeah. Where do we go from there? Yeah, we go to a midfield three. Uh, again, now as much as I try to stay away from the old firm, they are three old firm players. I've got Callum McGregor sitting uh, at the base of that with Tom Rogic who has been absolutely rejuvenated under Ange this season and back to his best football and Joe Rebo who's been Rangers most consistent and probably outstanding player this year and it's three unbelievable football players I think they can all contribute in any area of the game they can get goals they can get assists I think McGregor is is not the typical number six if you want to call it that or number four some people call it but he can play in there, he can control a game and I think the relationship he would have with both of the players, they would, you wouldn't be able to get the ball off them. Uh, yeah. and there would be a lot of goals, a lot of chances uh, within that and, and a lot of possession. It's a really, really, I mean, you could you could make a case for a couple others. I really like the, the lads at Hibs in midfield. The three of them, again, I, I would be hard-pressed to pick one of them to actually go in there. Newell Campbell's come in and been excellent uh, since he's came into the team and Doyle Hayes, I think. I really, really like that lad. So again, you could make a case for them because I think they are starting to climb that league now, Hibs again, and they've got a new manager in place and they are just starting. I've had Sean's had a great start, two wins out of two. Again, good performances, good wins against good teams in Aberdeen and Dundee United. So there's maybe a case for them, but I just think they three have actually been outstanding and are and, and pretty much right for the start of the season. And it's great to see Rogic back because I'm a big fan. He has a wonderful football player and he's uh, definitely 
alongside Aribo and McGregor it's a, it's a big midfield three that Yeah you could almost have two McGregors in it couldn't you because at times uh, when Beaton plays and he's pushed further he forward could... he's equally effective isn't he yeah, further we'll, forward in the, uh, yeah, we'll in the just midfield Yeah we'll just the one Callum McGregor but absolutely majestic for, for both Celtic and, you know, I think, and, I, and for I, Scotland the, the, the armband seems to have done him a lot of good Yeah and I think he goes he goes underrated now you know like, Because you, just, you expect that yeah, level of excellence all the time is a minimum eight out of ten every week, you know, and that's when you bring in the players. Like again, forwards will always get headlines. Kyogo rightly saw so, these goals, his impact that he's had on the team. Jota as well for how he's come into the team. And but Callum Rogic again because he's now came back into a team and started showing what he was showing three, four years ago. Well, Callum McGregor's just the same every week, you know, and that, that's that's the biggest praise you can get him. You know, he's an eight out of ten minimum every single week, and he could play anywhere in midfield. He has to play wing back in certain roles in games for Celtic as well. He goes and does the job. You know, he's a, and that captain's armband, it comes along with a responsibility for a club as big as Celtic. It comes with a responsibility, and it's something he's obviously lived up to. You mentioned Jota there, so he obviously he's a stick on to be in your, your team of the season so far, I would have thought. I, I mentioned him, but he's, he's not getting out. He's on the bench, <laughs> absolutely. Like, and the reason, you know, I'll give you the reason. So the front three I've went for was Martin Boyle, who has yeah. been sensational. Uh, 14 goals he's got this year, uh, 27 appearances. He's been absolutely electric for Hibs this season and he, and he will be moving forward he'll be a big part of them uh, climbing the league and, and pushing towards European places Kyogo again it's, it's obvious he's been uh, he's been I, mean, I think it was it John it says that's been his, his player of the season uh, mm-hmm. the, already I think he's you he would be hard pressed to argue with that I think yeah. there is a few contenders but Again, you could make the case where it's only going to be a matter of opinion who you would actually go for, but there's definitely a strong case that he could be player of the season so far. He's through the middle. But I'm, I'm going to go for Tony Watt. I'm going to go for Tony Watt based on, again, like I said, I don't want to throw too many old foreign players into the mix. Jota has played less than half of the league games for Celtic, and that's appearances, whether it be subs or starts. I know some of these appearances have been absolutely sensational, they have in his play, but... I just think he has missed a bit, of, a bit of football. When you look at Callum McGregor's got thirty appearances for, for Celtic. Well, Jota's got fourteen. You know, yeah. so he's playing less than half the games, less than half the league games. And I know the impact he's had on that mm. team has been really, really good, and his his performances have been excellent. But Tony Watt at Motherwell, playing who's, a, who's the league's top, league's scorer, top scorer, yeah. who's playing a slightly different role as well. He's not the the, the focal point as number nine all the time. And Van Veen's been that guy. Tony's been kind of sometimes plays in off the left, but he's maintained a lovely performance. A lot of people level things at Tony about maybe not being as a hard-working team player. Well, I see him working very, very hard yeah. for the Motherwell team, doing his shift, and he's still being able to maintain a lovely goal, which is again, with the greatest respect to Mullerwell, to have a Mullerwell play at the top of the scoring charts at this stage of the season, it's not after two, three games, five games, it's after 20 games. So he's, he's had an outstanding season, so I think he fully deserves his place in the you'll team be hearing, so far. You'll be hearing from Alfredo Morelos that you haven't picked him. 13 goals, yep. four in his last five, six in his last eight. And he's came back into, he's, he's come back in a really, really good form of late under Giovanni. There's a lot getting leveled at Alfredo in terms of Lackey's his box presence, I would say, mm. towards the end of Stevens' time at the club. And, Again, I could see a lot of improvements in his general game, but Alfredo's a goal scorer, you know, and like you say, he's got back on it. But if, the way I'm playing it with this team with the 4 3 3, I think it was either Kyogo up front or Alfredo up front. And I just think Kyogo just has the edge. Just. Kenny, Happy New Year. You too. When it comes yep. uh, tomorrow night, and a Happy New Year to you all too when it happens. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot all under one roof ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go.